0: On this episode, another community convo. Let's talk with Edry. This is the Holistic Alpha Male Optimization Podcast, where we help you unleash your true power as a man. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Stephen Mathis. Thank you so much for listening. Very excited to bring you another in our series of conversations with guys in this community, guys like you who've found their way to the show, who've found their way to these concepts, who are working on improving themselves and working on building themselves inside out like we are. Had an awesome conversation with Edry. We talked about his childhood growing up in a very challenging environment. We talked about some of the uglier and painful parts of his past. We talked about his time going to prison and some of the lessons that he learned in some of those ugly, harder years. And we talk about him making his way to where he is now, which is in, you know, for a guy who's basically lived multiple lives, he's in uh, a very expansive one now, a much more expansive, uh, growth-oriented, positive life right now. So very excited for you to hear more about Edry and appreciated having this conversation with him. So let's get right to it. Let's talk to Edry McCabe. Okay, guys, I'm here with Edry. What's up, dude? What's up, man? How's it going? I'm so excited to be talking with you today. Um, this is the second in our uh, my ongoing series of bringing guys from the community on. And uh, I have with me today, Edry McCabe. Um, Edry, I got the chance to know just, you know, we crossed I want to hear more about this from you in terms of how this happened and why, but we crossed paths from the podcast and we vibed on a lot of things and have gotten to become friends and, and interact. And it's been awesome. So glad to have you here, man.
1: Thanks dude. Hey, if I'm number two, does that mean I'm the shit?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Hell yeah. It does. In the best, in the best way possible. In the best way possible. Yeah, um, um, right so- on dude.
1: You know, it's funny when I listened to your podcast, I was like, when I first texted you, I don't know if you remember this, but I was like, dude, I think we're going to become really good friends because you're into all the weird shit I'm into and nobody else is, you know? So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I think maybe one of the biggest things that I felt like we vibed on initially is just being willing to be into weird shit (laughs) and just being, being open And being like, you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to open my mind to this. And
1: 100%. Yeah.
0: And it it was super
1: cool because I was like, you know, telling you, I'm like, oh, dude, I've been trying this method with it. And you're like, dude, let me try it. So it became super interactive immediately, which I like. You weren't like um, rigid, like you just knew everything. And you were just here to like, give your knowledge to the world. You were like, just as curious as I was. And I would say stuff and you're like, Oh, I got to try this. I'll let you know what it's like. And then you try it, talk about it. So that was cool.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah, man. So I want to, I would love to hear more about like, how did we, how did we cross paths? Um, what was when you initially found the podcast, what sort of, where were you at at that point And what led you to find it? However you did.
1: Um, okay. So I, was I went to prison and uh, for a DUI in Arizona and I, before I'd gone to prison, I had spent some time. I knew I knew I had the legal trouble. And so I'd spent some time with a living with a Kung Fu master. And he explained to me all of this theory about like, um, internal alchemy and all of like this Taoist practice. And so, I when I was in prison, I was super curious about it. I'd, be, I'd began doing like embryonic breathing and small circulation and all of these things. And there is this medit basically like this foundational practice where you retain semen for hundred days, and you in Taoism they believe that it's called build a foundation, and basically you build this energy body inside of yourself. And a part of that is semen retention. And I've never gone 100 days. I can never go 100 days. And so I was looking into semen retention and different guys that like just theory and stuff. And because you talked about microcosmic orbit and because you talked about Montauk Chia and these were all things I was familiar with. And you weren't, um, some semen retention guys are a little weird. Like when you look at them, they kind of look like, you know, they're like a Mormon that's about to knock on your door or something. Nothing <laughs> wrong with them, but it's just, you know what I'm saying? It didn't I, resonate I with you. me. And, uh yeah. but you were just like this wild man. And I totally resonated with that. I was like, all right, dude, I want to learn how do I retain? What's the practice? And so that kind of led me to the podcast.
0: Awesome. Sweet. Thanks for sharing. Well, I'm super glad that it did. Um, yeah, me too, dude. I just, you know, i I've, as the years go on, I become more and more amazed with the how and why and mystery of crossing paths with different people at different times in our life. I think it's just, it's super awesome. And it's something that I've seen repeatedly have very much manifested people into our life. I mean, we are these energetic beings and I, that's something that, I mean, fundamentally, that's what we are anyways. We're creators. We're turning thoughts into things. But man, I've certainly seen that with people. And um, even outside of the manifestation side of it, I just think it's so awesome. If if we really take time to look bigger picture and understand how and why we cross paths with people when we do. Pretty cool.
1: Totally, yeah. And I think that when you're like, you know, whatever you focus on, that's kind of what you become. And it makes a lot of sense. It's like, my path to semen retention and your path to semen retention are a little different, but to say, I want to learn this skill you're naturally going to just be around people that are interested in it. It's going to just draw you in. Even if you weren't like thinking that it was esoteric or something, you're still going to just magnet magnetize the people that are interested in the things you're interested in.
0: Yeah, totally. So, I would love to hear more about your past, dude. You mentioned you went to prison. I know that, man, you've lived, uh, just based on our discussions, um, you've lived such varying lives at different points in your life. Like you've had multiple lives (laughs) in the sense that they've just been so different and you've gone through, you know, major changes. And what I see in you today is this, you know, you've already expanded greatly um, and are just so changed from the way that, you know, that I hear from you that used to be but also I see that you're like, you're actively expanding among all the people that I know. I think you're one of the guys who, to me, I see you in this, like, you're just expanding and growing and it's happening super, um, you know, it's never a straight line and I'm sure it doesn't feel like that, but I see that in you. So, but yeah, tell me more about your journey. How did you end up in prison? What was your life like before that? I mean, I know that you're, um, yeah, a fan of talking about our pain. So let's talk about some pain <laughs> for a minute.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I did live multiple lives um, in this lifetime. Maybe another lifetimes. I don't know, but in this one for sure, <laughs> right. yeah. um, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, and so um, for like 18 years of my life, I was very sheltered. Um, like then Jehovah's Witnesses is very a very controlled religion. And um, I really believed in it. I was just lived in a bubble and I didn't know about anything. I didn't know anything existed outside of that religion. And, but I didn't know my dad. And when my dad came back in my life, the religion pressured me very strongly to not talk to my dad. And it just Mm -hmm. felt really wrong to me. And I ended up, it ended up making me lose my religion. So I left, the religion, I, I stopped believing in God, and um, I didn't believe. I didn't really know. It's like I just got out of North Korea. You know, that's what it's like. It's like you don't know what's real. Everything you mm-hmm. ever learned was a lie, and so I was just like lost. And I challenged every rule, and so I got into trouble when I was younger. There was a point. There was several years after I left where I didn't. I didn't feel like. I had any meaning to life and I didn't care if I lived or died I was suicidal I tried to kill myself like three times and it was more like overdose or um, I cut my wrist once it was really it was traumatic for me and um, I ended up going to I ended up going to prison for a robbery and when I was 21 and I did three years in prison and I did my first drugs in prison. I did didn't live like a typical criminal life. You know, really didn't do anything wrong till I was like 19. And then so I just everything was new. So I did my first drugs and I did all this stuff and my whole 20s was just like this wild kind of found like my new tribe in like these gangsters that I was around. And it made me feel, like, powerful and, like, meaningful. And, you know, but, of course, that life is not a fulfilling life. It was just everything was, like, in the moment. So I did drugs, and I, like, I lived in a house full of strippers. I had, like, this crazy wild life. I sold drugs. I and, um, didn't really work or anything. I just, that's what I did, and I went to prison. Like, every year, I'd go back to prison for, like, six months. And, Mm. um, I became like a factor in prison. Like I got, I would run prison yards and I would like, you know, became like a pretty strong dude, but I realized like I wasn't happy. The things I were doing weren't making me happy. Um, and so I started, I went to work, um, started working in oil and like tried to reform my life. And, um, I started feeling like when I was in oil, I just drink a lot and um, party with my coworkers and um, it was crazy, man. I would work six in the morning to six at night, get off work, go to jujitsu till like nine and then go to the bar till like two in the morning. I do that like almost every day. (laughs) And so my body, my body started breaking down and I just started feeling like I looked at my girlfriend, like, what am i doing you know am i happy does any of this matter is there any meaning to life at all and uh, i went through like kind of an existential crisis where i tried changing my it's like i there was no place i belonged and then i end up getting laid off from work well i hurt my back and so i wasn't working um i was on pain pills and to make a little extra money i smuggled some weed from arizona from Oregon to Arizona and I was completely drunk when I did it I was on, I took like a bunch of Norcos and then I drank like 18 beers and I blew like, I was really drunk and um, I got pulled over in Arizona this is like 8 years ago 2015 and they arrested me and when I went to court they said hey we're not going to press charges and I felt like a miracle had happened, and then I I decided I was going to go and figure out what the meaning of my life was, and that it wasn't sustainable. I told all my friends, like, I would tell them, all my friends that worked in oil, and they're, like, super successful, own houses, have families, nice toys, and I'm just, like, what? what is the meaning of all of this, you know? And they looked at me, like, why would you ask that question? like? And I just mm. thinking like, why wouldn't you, you know? And maybe it's because you learn about the meaning of life when you're a child and my meaning was well you're gonna preach until the whole world believes what jehovah's witnesses believe and then you're gonna live on earth forever that's what i believed so after that was shattered i just had this vacuum so i worked at on a pot farm uh in oregon like lived on the side of a mountain and just kind of like went hiking every day and dude i never felt better I started walking up this mountain, got off all my pills, quit smoking, and just would like walk up this mountain every day. And I remember one day my back popped and all my pain left. And it was just for moving. And it blew my mm. mind because I'd been on pain meds for like three years. And I walked with a cane and they told me I had degenerative disc disease, that I would need surgery. This bullshit. I just started walking and moving. My back healed itself. And I started really thinking, like, what am I, like, nobody really knows what the body can do. There's all these people lying to me. They're wrong. You know, I just believe it because I just proved it. And so I started getting into my body. And I read this book by Master Zhuing Ming. He's this Kung Fu master. And it said, it was about Tai Chi. And he said, the goal of Tai Chi is to help you understand the meaning of your own life. And so I emailed him. I said, what's the meaning of life? He said, come visit me. He li- he had a retreat center in Humboldt. And so I told my farm. My boss was like tripped out because he wanted me to stay and like make millions of dollars growing weed with him. I'm like, dude, I'm going to go do Tai Chi. So everybody thought, <laughs> again, I'm crazy. Everybody thought I was crazy. I left. I'm like 37 at this point, 36. And um, I just left Oregon and I went and lived for two years in Humboldt with – Master Yong, I trained Tai Chi with him nine hours a day, like just like ancient China. And then Arizona filed charges for my DUI cannabis possession. And um, so I went to court on it. They gave me three and a half years. Went to prison and then got out last year. And now I'm just like, I want to know what I can do I guess that's where I'm at in life now it's like I don't care about money I don't care about you know anything superficial I want to know what is my body capable of doing I've got this Tesla and I don't know how anything works you know yeah so I guess that's my goal that's where you come in dog because you're going to show me some shit (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're gonna we're gonna explore and find some shit together dude that's what we're all doing man we're dude, uh, we have been we're pulling in you...
1: some of the stuff we talk yeah. about like the goddess pose the joda spins and stuff we're like talking about it exchanging you know um like our experiences it's been awesome
0: yeah um well thanks for sharing your story dude i'm telling you that your ability and willingness and courage to face all the things that you faced in your life, not only to face them internally within yourself, but to be willing to talk about them um, is so huge, man. It's so huge in certainly the way that that's, you know, I think gonna resonate with a lot of people out there, maybe not the specifics of individual parts of the story, but your willingness and vulnerability to share the pain and the hard stuff and, and the ugly parts of, you know, the journey so far, but also what that does for you. It's, I, I know that I've, In my life, the more I've just owned up to stuff and been vulnerable and been raw and talked about it, uh, it's very empowering and it's very, very freeing. And that's one of the things that I see in you. I mentioned you that I feel like you're in this process of expanding so much. And one of the reasons is because you're super willing to just look at it all, like all the stuff in your past, all the stuff that's inside you now, like, let's just, let's look at it. Let's be real. What's there. Um, so yeah. thank you for sharing. I appreciate you sharing your, your journey so far. Yeah, totally, um, dude. Yeah, so let's talk about, I mean, what have you been doing? You originally found the podcast, what, a year ago? How long ago was it? Do you remember? Mm,
1: I think so. I think it was about a year ago. I When I got out of prison, I just kind of felt like my – it's so – it's so easy to get distracted. I knew this getting out of prison. I knew that it would be super easy for me to get distracted. There's a hundred people trying to pull me a hundred different directions. I wanted to know is this like stuff this ancient Taoist practice of the spiritual embryo and all this stuff is is there substance to this? Is it true that my body has a spirit and that this that, and that I can cultivate it? and so i wanted to explore that but i just love sex i'm a horny person i it's just like the idea of me retaining even in prison i couldn't retain for 100 days and i really tried i was like really tried and i would just break you know so i just had to call in the experts so i found uh, your podcast about a year ago and I think that was our first thing was kind of trying to figure out the habit tracker and like different practices. And so, yeah, that's what, what's, what led me to you.
0: Awesome. And by the way, you guys, um, we've never done any coaching together. You and I, well, I mean, we had our initial call like a year ago, we had that one call and then, I mean, I suppose we have in the sense that we've stayed in contact, you know, and we've had occasional phone calls, um, but we've never had any sort of like, super regular um, we're more like
1: dude guess what i found or get look at this (laughs) or we would share something and uh yeah you're just like my uh my curious friend which i really like that you know
0: yeah hell yeah so okay so what what have you been i mean talk talk to us about what you've been working on the last year like i mean a lot what was sort of already incorporated where you were a year ago and what have you been working on and what's maybe changed since then?
1: Um, So I guess, you know, I started doing jujitsu. I, I liked Charles talking about like his jujitsu journey. Cause I totally relate to that. Um, mm-hmm. I love jujitsu and I was really um, interested in how retention would um, affect my jujitsu, which there's like this, the, the common thought in my jiu-jitsu gym was we're going to uh you should jack off right before your tournament so that you don't have bad nerves and that was kind of like the conventional wisdom and then i would go into a jiu-jitsu tournament and just crush everyone like crush them take the opens just starting and um i just felt like way stronger than every single person that i rolled with and yeah. i and i would feel completely different if i would lose my semen i'd feel completely different and i talked to the guys about it and it was like i was talking it was like i was a ku klux klan member at like a black panther party they looked at me like i was the work they're like what are you talking about you know and i'm like you know like semen retention they just looked at me like i'm a leper or something so i just stopped talking to them about it but um it's it's awesome so anyways that's what i've been doing um i started it's so crazy man i started doing this tai chi like my goal in life right now is to figure out what i could do right so i started after eight years of doing tai chi of living with a kung fu master of exploring everything one of my friends that i used to train with he's learning a very secret style of Tai Chi twin, where you can literally create a field of energy around you, connect to other people. Um, you're able to move other people or attach to them. You're also able to like push them back or to make their like nervous system collapse a little bit. And so I'm at the point right now where I'm learning stuff that I didn't think was real. And that's very exciting. So that's kind of where my life is right now.
0: Hell yeah, super exciting! And I wanna, I wanna um, explore a little bit more about where you're going too in your future. But first of all, I want to ask you about like that that idea of controlling other people, attaching to other people. It's all energy work. That's what it all is. We're all energy, and that's what that kind of technique is. Is it's the ability to actually communicate with and. Manipulate and harness energy in ways that a lot of people, like you said, wouldn't even think is possible. Talk you know what's really crazy how,
1: is. Yeah.
0: Um, sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. Go ahead. Well,
1: I'm just thinking it's like, okay, so when I started learning this, it's like in regular martial arts, it's like you plant your foot, you push, you punch. So it's very mechanical. When I started learning internal arts, it was the complete opposite, it was like, I would look someplace. And with my mind, I would look at it so much that my body would start to move. So it changed from I'm pushing towards something to I'm getting pulled towards something. And this was the game changer of my life. Because when you're connecting with other people's energy, you can't ever be forceful. You can't ever be rigid or you won't everything that you're going to connect with that person is going to be superficial. You more have to relax and like, try to, it's almost like I'm learning to use senses that I've never used before, that there's this whole series of nervous system in my body that fills that energy in myself and other people. And I never knew it was there because I was mm. always trying to force that connection it's really
0: that's that's such a fantastic point dude i i resonate with that so much i have felt that over the years it's exactly like you said it's just like a sense that you didn't know was there and it's that sense for being able to tune into that energy and understand it and feel it in ourselves and others and Mm -hmm. man once you realize it's there and the stronger that sense gets uh it's it completely changes life when we can actually tap into that energy. Talk to me about how you've tapped into the energy in your own body. I mean, I know you have a lot of practices. Um, yeah. and by the way, I would love to rewind to the, in terms of your back, I mean, you had, you've gone through so much healing in your back and you have more function in your back than doctors really tell you that you should. And I feel like you've used the power of your mind to guide your body from an energetic standpoint really powerfully. So I would love to hear more about that and like how you how you Dude, work with and feel feel energy in your own body.
1: Yeah, it's so crazy, man. I'll I'll give you an example of how important the mind is to your physical health. My my I herniated three discs in my neck and I was rolling at another gym. It was a gym I used to train at and I went there and I was just rolling and I'm a blue belt and this guy's a competition black belt that I was rolling against. And he, right out the gate, he neck cranked me in like a weird angle and herniated three discs in my neck. I mean, mm. first, like first move, it was like in five seconds, you know. And I was really upset. I, I rolled really hard against him. He kept fucking me up. He's really way better than me. Um and I was just so pissed off at this dude, and my neck was killing me. And I went and got uh, MRI, and they told me I had herniated discs. And um, I just got real bitter about it. And I was telling like my friends, like I can't believe this guy, you know, did this to me. And one of my friends told me um, this girl Marie, she was like, "You need to stop um, holding on to this resentment on this dude." because it's not doing you any favors, you know? And as soon as I let go of the resentment, my neck didn't hurt. I'm not kidding you, it was a second. It was like, mm. when I said, you know what? I forget, that's okay. And I think about like how a dog is or you know, any other animal where it's like, they have a broke leg, and if you do some things, it might irritate it, but they're just like, whatever, you know? And that's how it was. It was like that fast, my neck stopped hurting, and, I, and then I stopped saying I'm hurt or I'm injured. I stopped. I did traction. There was things I have to do for a herniated disc in my neck. Um, I changed my diet. One of the things about degenerative disc disease is it's really a dietary issue. Is what I've learned that your body will pull nutrients out of your discs to supplement nutrient deficiencies you have. So people that are like cigarette smokers or alcoholics, which I was both, tend to get degenerative disc disease. So today, even with my neck um, herniated, even with uh, my lower back where I had, they were going to give me um, a spinal fusion. None of that stuff hurts at all. I just do yoga. I do yoga. I stay moving. I have a good diet, but I just thought it was, I, I never say I'm injured. I never say I'm sick or I'm hurt. I don't say those words. And I don't blame anybody for it, including myself. It's like it's okay, that's okay, and that makes you feel. Just doing that would make somebody feel a hundred times better. Hmm.
0: So much, man! It's amazing the power of acceptance. When we ex- whatever it is, when we just accept stuff, and it's that ability to just say, "Yeah, like it's okay," that that's so powerful, and how much that can release and really in a lot of ways heal us. It's the holding on to it and the resisting against it in a lot of ways that causes us a lot of the, the pain. So yeah. um, I love, I mean, it's a testament to you using the power of your mind and the power of tuning into the energy in your body. Like you talked about, you know, when you first kind of healed your back initially, uh, walking up the mountain, and just getting out and walking and being in nature right moving your body having faith in your body and connecting with mother nature which will heal us and my view is that hiking up that mountain is mother nature and you know what else is mother nature is the energy that's inside of you that energy that you tap like that that's what that is that's like life that's the field um so dude it's probably
1: more that's probably more real than what we're perceiving and my I've kind of come to this theory, it's like first of all, if you want to know the true religion or what God is, just go into nature and don't read nothing. Just go. And you it was mind blowing mm-hmm. to go there. But you know, the what I'm discovering, even when I was in nature, all these senses in my body came to life. And I just feel more every day I feel more like I'm in the matrix and there is a code around me or something like that, I feel I'm I'm becoming aware of all of this energy surrounding me to the point where I'm, I've talked about this before, where I don't like wearing, like, synthetic clothes, and um, I like to be – I don't like Wi-Fi. Just like, I just like to be around, like, pleasant, good
0: nature, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what we're meant to be, man. That's the way we're – that's the way we're built, and – the the more we can get back to that, the healthier we'll be. And some people adapt to it better than others. There are some people who experience significant symptoms just being around modern technology, being, you know, disconnected. And for others, it's more subtle. But for all of us, the more disconnected we get from nature, the less healthy we are and the less happy we are. And that includes the nature inside of us. And a lot of people are disconnected from that. Tons of people. Yeah. are are really disconnected from that, that real life force inside of them.
1: Totally. Yeah. I think that, you know, we start at an early age, we get trained not to use those senses. So we're just kind of fed through this funnel of, um, be a part of this, the world, you know, and just be a part of like, um, you know, a cog in the machine or something like that. And I think that is, I understand like the social implications, and I think some how most people want to exist. And I think there's some people that are monastic by nature, and I would say I'm more monastic by nature, where I don't want I don't want a truck or a Lamborghini or I don't want any of that stuff, dude. I want like, you know, a good pair of like Feiyu martial arts shoes in a forest, and I just kind of wanna and some masters to learn under. And um, so um, I think we have this nature. This people have this ability, more some more than others, to just like connect to nature or. And, um, yeah, so I think that's my, where I'm at.
0: Yeah. You mentioned feeling more and more like you're in the matrix and there's code around you. The way that I've been feeling it a lot recently is, as you know, we've been, I've been diving into Joe Dispenza's work and reading his book, Becoming Supernatural. We're doing that in book club and inner circle. And one of the things he talks about in that, that I've talked about in some recent episodes of the podcast is. The fact that we're, you know, 99 point, however many 9% um, energy, right? It's space, but what it really is, is energy. And the, one of the comparisons that, that um, I think he talks about in the book, or maybe I read somewhere else is that if we were to look at the size, you know, basically the size of the, the nucleus of an atom, if that was the size of a car, the, um, the size of a, uh, a proton is the size of a pea and the size of the entire atom is twice the size of Cuba right so when we when we're living in matter when we're not connected with the field of energy within us and around us we're in essence living in the size of a pea when we have this energetic field the size of twice the size of Cuba that's all around us <laughs> like that that's what i've been tuning into more and more not only around us but within us and so like when we're feeling that physical pain, when we get caught up in physical pain, when we get caught up in resentment, when we get caught up in our past and all that stuff, we're literally boxing ourselves in to that little tiny pea instead of actually living in all that energy and space. And yeah. just bringing our, aware, bringing our awareness to it. Like that's, I mean, one of the things that I think has been consistent in your journey is that you've used the power of your attention very powerfully. Like you talked just a few minutes ago about how you don't say that you're sick. You don't say that you're injured. um, And where you place your attention and how you place your attention determines the outcome and it determines what you see and it determines your experience. And that's the same thing with that energy and that field and that space. It's like, we're not even aware that, we're not even aware that it's there until we look. And the more that we look, the more we expand into it.
1: It's so, it's so wild to be alive right now at this time. You know, it's like you could have one, ma- I told you this when we were talking the other day, I was like, you can have one master your whole life a hundred years ago and you would get one perspective. And now we can have a hundred perspectives. So it's like Joe Dispenza has this idea of this like, you know, loading zone, kind of matrix, uh, energy and space philosophy. And he knows how to like open up, you know, your senses to feel it. And then he uses like the Kundalini and the chakras. And so you learn about the chakras and you do Joe Dispenza method and then you do like the retention, which I don't think he talks about retention. But
0: no, which is, dude, that I, I want to pause on that for a second because that's so, I mean, for all of you guys out there, I think there would be nobody better in my mind to sort of pair with the stuff that we talk about on the podcast and with retention and with harnessing your sexual energy than Joe Dispenza's work. Because the very interesting thing is that like, as I've dived into not only his book, but into his meditations, it's accessing sexual energy and talking about sexual energy and using sexual energy and all of that without actually saying it, (laughs) you know, and there's not, I mean, obviously he's not talking about the specific practices and the things that we talk about and, But it's like that the next step of taking, okay, when we fix our practices and we start practicing retention and we start practicing edging and we work with that and we're sort of building up that part of it, the next thing is, okay, now let's learn how to work with that energy in our body and let's learn how to turn it into um, other things. And that's a beautiful thing that his work does is it takes that next step of actually taking it to figure out, okay, now let's like really harness that energy and turn it into healing in our body, turn it into um, things in our life. 100%,
1: dude. It's so cool to have one master teach you something like, you know, Montauk Chia is like, I think a lot of the guys that I've seen in this community, that's their introduction to like semen retention is like the micro-orgasmic man or Taoist love techniques or something. But his, some of his... Uh, techniques work really good but Joe Dispenza's techniques will help move it you know and it's so the way that he does it with like squeezing the muscles and bringing everything up to the top chakra and stuff it's just like it sucks everything up and just blows it into your brain dude it's unbelievable so it's cool to have both their perspectives
0: yeah well and the a big part of what I've learned from him so far and, and I think is so important is just that entire concept of connecting with and going into the space. It's like all of the, because that's where, I mean, if we talk about moving energy in our body, that's where that energy is. That's where we got to go to be able to connect with it and move it. And just the ways that he's talked about that and explained it, some of the science behind it, some of the, you know, the way he brings together different, um, you know, kind of disciplines and fields of knowledge. But I know that my, perspective and my ability to kind of sense, okay, like this is how that field is. And this is how to kind of tune into it has changed dramatically. Um, it's been, I mean, I've been meditating f- for 15 years, you know, or most of that 10, uh, between 10 and 15 years. And some of my meditations recently that I've gone through some of his, after having gone through some of that, you know, his book and some of his stuff have been really powerful in in new ways so do you yeah, think super awesome. do you think
1: it would be uh different if you weren't retaining like do you think your experiences would be shallow more shallow
0: a thousand Doing percent the, yeah me too man. A, thousand, a thousand percent yeah yeah it's I mean, mind-blowing what yeah i mean one thing that i hear from guys reliably is when they're especially at certain stages of the retention journey is they'll talk about when they release that like they feel like their iq drops like, Mm -hmm. it's like the brain just not working in the same way. I absolutely have felt, um, in major ways over the years, the impact to my brain, my thinking mind, my creative mind, um, from retaining versus not, and my, my brain feels more alive and more expansive and, um, more curious and more powerful when I'm retaining. And all of those things make a huge difference in diving into all of his work and those meditations and yeah, Yeah. no question.
1: Yeah, totally. Me too, man. It's so crazy how it builds. It's like a furnace that you have to move it. And this has been my, I still haven't gone a hundred days, but as I go through my retention journey, I'm noticing the reason why there is some trauma, I think in my life that I have to still process, but the reason why I can't go is because I, I just don't have a, an outlet for that energy. So that's kind of got me into like the small circulation or microcosmic orbit into stuff like Joe Dispenza because it's a way to move that energy and get it out of my, you know, base chakra.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, and in a way to use that energy to align our bodies. One of the things that I was thinking about when you described walking the you know, going for hikes on the mountain every day years ago when you were working on getting healthier is the picture that came to my mind is like I imagined your your chakras aligning more. Like you were aligning the energy in your body. It was very, you were in a very incoherent state. And just the act of doing that kind of simple movement of getting into nature, it brought you back into a more coherent state. And I think one of the awesome things is that, you know, Joe Dispenza talks about that a lot, about bringing our body or mind or heart you know our energy centers into this state of coherence and it's an energetic process and he talks a lot about it it's a very active engaged passionate process and if we're going to overwhelm and overcome our past patterns and our trauma and all of that it's going to take a higher level of energy it's going to take a higher level of intensity like we got to ramp up and feel the love and the gratitude and the excitement and the passion and all of that to a greater degree so we need this, this energetic power to execute on the process that he talks about. And what I feel like is our sexual journey and the specifically sexual side of it and having an edging practice and practicing retention and, you know, practicing massage and joking and doing all of these things. It's like stoking the fire so that when we then go and apply that to the process that he talks about, we have way more power to sort of feed into that system. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like a way to charge your battery, and um, I think all these techniques that get make you like aware of that energy in the first place are really healthy for just training our nervous system. And sometimes, man, I think like in a hundred or two hundred years, the stuff that we're exploring is going to be like common knowledge, and this and we'll look like infants, you know, in the energy journey. <laughs> I really I think so. this is where humanity is yeah. headed. You know, there's just the whole world became small. And so it's just like Wim Hof, you know, Wim Hof's been doing his thing for like 25 years. People are just now talking about him. It's been knowledge. Like he's been proving this for a long time that these things are possible. And now people are doing ice baths and meditation. I mean, his YouTube videos has got like a hundred million views on it. So his breathing technique. So I think that's going to happen in a lot of different uh, areas of like energy where people are going to start seeing, you know, how great they can really be. I didn't know I could ever feel good. I didn't even know that was a thing, you know?
0: Yeah. Dude, totally. It's the, the, I think we're going to see in a lot of different areas we are seeing and we'll see the Roger Bannister effect. You know, nobody'd run a four minute mile, Roger, Roger Bannister does it. And now a bunch of people do it because they see that it's possible. And it's the same kind of thing with semen retention, with this energetic stuff, with, you know, really to- tapping into the power of our mind and our mind and our body. As we see other people doing it, we're, oh, shit. Well, yeah. I wonder, well, that, that's possible. I wonder what's possible for me. Totally. You know, and that, feed, that feeds into this positive cycle in a beautiful way. Dude, I would love to hear, tell me about, like, what are your... Um, what are your normal sort of practices day to day look like right now? So we've talked about a lot of these conceptual things. Like what are your actual day to day sort of habits and activities that support your body, that support your mind, support your sexuality?
1: Okay. So I do, um, you know, there's a little bit of, I, I, I kind of like, I'm single right now and I had like an attachment to a, a partner, that was like very physically based. And um, so it was really healthy for me to detach from that relationship. And then I think um, what my practice is right now is I'll wake up at five, I do a cold shower like first thing, and then I'll do my meditation, which right now I'm doing like embryonic breathing, um, microcosmic breathing, and I'm just kind of exploring that. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I'll do my Tai Chi and like my Qigong. And then I have been, um, working, I've been working from home. So I'll be, I'll work until like, uh, two or three o'clock and then I go to yoga. Uh, I usually take a nap, go to yoga and then I'll go to jujitsu. So that's pretty much the way my day looks Monday through Friday.
0: Okay, cool um tell let's talk about embryonic breathing and 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 that um overall concept
1: it's a embryonic breathing is you know i talked about like the idea that you could create an embryo in your body this is a really something that would sound really weird to someone who's never heard about it but i really believe that it's the truth about our potential the stuff i've seen in life just thinking i told you this personally but Uh, privately but the fact that uh, in the christian dogma you are born again of the spirit and in the Taoist dogma you conceive a spiritual embryo and the fact that these ideas were kind of promulgated just following like when alexander the great had conquered the world and had brought east and west philosophy together it just really makes me feel like there's a common origin and Embryonic breathing was developed in the Shaolin Temple and in the Wudong Temple um, in China. And it was basically you breathe into your abdomen, the lower Dantian, which is like two inches below your navel, like right in the center of your body. And you're able to store energy there. And so the technique I like to use with embryonic breathing is I kind of like will swallow and like follow my saliva down to that spot. And when I get there, I just imagine when I breathe in that like two strings are like pulling my stomach in and oh, I just mm-hmm. condense it into the area. I also, I don't physically lift my uh, perineum, but I imagine that it's lifting up into my Dantian also. And this creates a great amount of energy in my body when i do this
0: yeah so i just want to be super clear so you're you're inhaling as you're inhaling that your your lower Dante and that spot two inches below your navel you're drawing in so it's basically a, a squeezing or a compressing of that part of your body so it's like you're drawing the breath into that and it's almost like the compression stokes that fire the the pressure squeezes that to create something more is that kind of the Um, the process
1: yeah except and this is what i was telling you in the beginning like what i'm learning about tai chi in general is that you don't physically do anything it's really about what you're thinking about doing so it's like Mm -hmm. if i imagine that everything's drawing into my stomach i can feel it draw in and i can put my mind there but if i physically do it it'll actually prevent my energy from coming in it'll create resistance so I can't, mm. you don't physically draw in. You imagine that everything's drawing in and it'll start to draw in of your own, your mind will start to draw it. And it's, this is the thing about energy is that it's not physical. Like you, there are two separate things. Even in shallow martial arts, they call it Li and Qi. One is mental and one is in, or physical and one is energetic. So...
0: Okay. Dude, I love that. That's something that I've really felt in my edging practice and having sex over the years, just being able to tune into sexual energy is earlier on it was, and and maybe this is the case to some degree with embryonic breathing too, like when somebody starts, but certainly like with moving sexual energy earlier on, I think it is more of a physical process um, where you're using more of a squeezing and you're using more of an active physical engagement. I have a lot of times now where the, the times that I'm often the most in touch with that energy and I can just move it around and almost play with it and dance with it and move it in different parts of my body. Those are the times when there's no physical effort at all. It's like my, my awareness is so deep into it that I've just guided around with my awareness. And, yeah. and it sounds like that's, that's the, like, we can start in the physical, I suppose, but that, that's, the, I mean, if we're going to move energy, we do it with an energetic, um, with our attention, our awareness.
1: Maybe. And it's weird because, like, we're doing the Joe Dispenza thing. You do a lot of physical movement, and I feel a huge amount of value, like doing all the squeezing and all of that stuff. So I'm sure there's a place for both of them. But in this yeah, point of sure. my journey, in mm-hmm. this point of my journey, for sure, I am just like learning about how can I lead my. Uh, my intention will lead like my energy, my body. And when, dude, I'll tell you, learning this stuff has me feeling like I get goosebumps talking about it because it just <laughs> doesn't even seem like I it would that. be real. And it yeah. feels like I'm falling. Like when I'm doing Tai Chi now, I'm getting drawn, but not only am I getting drawn, my senses that feel that energy are awakening. So it's like when you take your first cold shower or whatever and all you just never use those nerves and your body's like tingling. That's what it feels like. As I start to learn this stuff, it's mind blowing. dude.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Um, dude, where are you going? Talk to me about where you're going. I, 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 what I see is, uh, whether, uh, as we were talking about, whether in title or not, I, there's going to be a, a point when it's going to be master, uh, master Edry or master McCabe, right? <laughs> Uh,
1: (laughs) uh, probably inevitably unless i die early um because that is definitely uh you know so funny i started working when i got out and i slowly felt i've been out of prison for a year and a half and slowly i started to feel all of my dreams and goals everybody wants to swallow them up because i'm an expert cannabis farmer and i have a business degree and i have Um, you know, all this various experience. So there's a bunch of people that want me to invest my life in their dreams. And I just went through like a huge change actually today, this morning. I just kind of solidified that I'm closing down like my little project that I'm doing so that I can give more time and attention to just training martial arts and learning what my body's capable of. And so I think when guys think about what's the meaning of your life, at first, I just feel like I should just say to anybody who's like depressed or suicidal or anything like that, that just means that the change that you make is life or death. And so that kind of makes me feel like I'm in a life or death situation where it's like I have to um, put my whole heart into this because the alternative is I'm going to be just not feel like I should even be alive. Like, what's the point of me being alive? So I think there's a lot of greatness behind that depression, which just means your bar is set high. So with my, processing my life in martial arts to a great deal um, and just going to live simply, I'm 43. Um, I'm single. But dude, I never saw a sad Kung Fu master. I never met one. I never, you know, you look at like all these different. It's probably you in finance. Like, how many guys in finance that were like seventy that were like, "Yes, my life." <laughs> They're probably miserable and divorced um, and like alcoholics oh, yeah. and maybe did yeah. party drugs and, you know, it's like, who cares? Does even? I feel like, I feel like I'm sitting at a table with the devil and he's just pushing his bar of gold at me and he's saying. Just give up all your dreams and I'll give you this. And everybody takes the deal. It's like I'm in a conveyor line and everybody takes the deal. Like, yeah. And they don't think about their life. Like, what is the meaning of my life? Or is this going to make me happy? And they do things that won't make them happy. And they know they won't just because everybody's doing it. So I don't think about I'm behind in life. I don't think about... I need to catch up to the next guy or I should be at this point in my life. I'm grateful that I'm not in the prison that that devil offers everybody, that prison of here's the bar of gold, give me all your dreams. I'm not in that prison anymore, I'm free. I'm not in, I'm not in any prison, dude. I paroled 18 months ago. <laughs> but I'm, I'm so happy and then my life is going to be, I'm gonna be an avid learner and I'm going to learn as much as I possibly can until I'm a master of it, and then I'm going to teach. I'll always learn because I don't know. I'm just realizing I don't know shit, but I could also teach people, and that feels like what would I? What more would I possibly need? You know, yeah, what would make me you, happier man. than that?
0: Um, and you know, I I know there's a lot of guys out there who. You know, this this idea of like, you know, Edry talked about I was in finance, I was in sort of the stock trading world for a number of years, and hundred percent, dude, I saw guys that just like in fact, I probably could I could have sort of gone and pointed to different people in different stages of what was in essence the same journey of like watching their life kind of like waste away. However, what I think is critical to recognize is that being on this journey of asking like, what does my life mean? And exploring that and going deeper and opening your mind to possibilities. It doesn't mean that like you guys have got to go out and quit your job today. It doesn't mean you, that you can't work in finance. It doesn't mean that, you know, you can't be in that kind of career. But what it does mean is not allowing your soul and your spirit and your heart and your mind to get lost in that and to, to ask the bigger questions and to be looking at, you know, am I happy? Am I being fulfilled Is this what I want to do with my life? All the ways, not just the job or whatever, but looking at all the aspects of your life and saying, is this this how I can get the most life out of my life? Totally, dude. that's That's, what I think. that's
1: That's a great point, you know, because some people, when I was asking what's the meaning of life, some of my friends were like, I want to have a family. And I have trauma. I was raised in a cult. So my meaning of life may be different I don't think there's a wrong one or right one, but I think it is important to say, if you want to be something, look at the people that are there, you know?
0: Yeah. And to get really real with yourself and get honest about, is this really in alignment with my truth? Like who I really am and want to be at my core. Is this in alignment with it? And I think a lot of people live a lot of their lives doing stuff, spending time doing things, spending energy doing things that are not in alignment with their truth. So that's it's, what I think we really need to boil down to is being willing to look at that and make adjustments if it's not. Dude,
1: totally. Even I was listening I was listening to School of Greatness and Lewis Howes was talking one day about he said 50% of people that get married know they shouldn't get married before they get married. Or some some crazy number, don't quote me on that. But there was some number, some substantial amount of people that get married knowing that it's the wrong decision. And I think this yeah, is how like, people are in life in general. They want to be congenial and they don't want to rock the boat or they're insecure. And so they do things that aren't in alignment with them.
0: So don't yeah, do that. 100%. That's, I think when it really comes down to it, that's, that's the entire point of why I do what I do and why I publish this show and, and all of that is to give guys the power and the tools to not do that, to not give up, to not give into the, you know, the sucking away of their dreams, but instead to dive into their dreams and expand and see what they're capable of and, you know, explore their edges and explore their potential.
1: Dude, I love it, man. I love the community. I like getting on the calls and hearing all the different um, people, um, their different life journeys and stuff. It's super uh, rewarding. And it's cool to have, like, people that are um, as weird as I am. I say that on the thing sometimes. I'm like, you know, th- I like to be around the weirdos because we're the ones that are actually exploring real shit, you know. So each guy has has, has their journey. And I like your podcast and, and the idea of having community people on here too. Just listening to Charles, I was like, dude, I understand about jujitsu. I, I hear what he's saying about a lot of the things he was talking about um, and it just makes you feel like you're not alone, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, by the way, you guys, Edry was talking about getting on the calls and listening to people's stories. He's talking about, uh, we do a zoom call in inner circle every weekday. So those are the calls he's talking about. Um, Edry, tell me about your experience in inner circle so far. These guys, if they've been listening to the show, they know I've been mentioning it. Um, what has your experience been like so far?
1: Um, I like inner circle. I haven't been, I don't engage too much in it uh, just because of my work schedule has been a little crazy lately. But what I appreciate about it is, and I think this is probably true for a lot of guys, cause I'll get on a call and there's a lot of people on the call and there's like three people talking, but I get a, a lot of value out of hearing different experiences with different techniques or strategies, you know, because it's not like there's a right or wrong way to navigate through life. There's just various people's experiences. Master Yang used to tell me, if I climb up a mountain and you follow my trail, you'll get further up the mountain than I did, but you'll never know what somebody saw on the other side of the mountain. That's why religion exists and cultures exist. So inner circle is a chance for you to like, you apply your techniques and then you get on there and you don't really have to communicate if you don't want to. You could just kind of hear I like to be a listener sometimes, unless I had coffee and I just won't shut up. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I like to get yeah. on there and just hear what people are like, their experiences, and what they're going through, and you know, strategies or whatnot.
0: Yeah, awesome, man. One, one of my favorite things is I've just been I've been amazed and and impressed at the courage of people to just be vulnerable and share. Like that's been one mm-hmm. of my favorite things. Is whether it's on those calls or just in a post, you know, on the app, um, just guys being willing to actually be open about stuff. It's inspiring. And I, and I feel like there's already been a, you know, there's already a momentum building. There's a momentum building in the community of men at large, right? The more of us that talk about these things, the more there's a momentum in other guys feeling free to talk about it. And there's definitely a momentum within the inner circle group where, you know, the more guys feel free to open up and, um, you know, talk about what's what they're feeling sad about, or the challenges that they faced, or their piece of trauma that they're carrying from the past, or yeah. whatever it is. Guys being willing to be vulnerable, vulnerable about that—it's inspiring. I love it,
1: hundred percent, dude. And uh, one of the things I noticed on there, which relates to a lot of guys, is premature ejaculation. And it's funny because mm-hmm. you'll see all the like. This isn't like a little problem they got hymns and all these Viagra and all this stuff online that you can buy just to help dudes with it because I think it's correlated with porn and you know whatnot but guys will talk about it and it, I'm definitely like the holistic guy like don't take pills so for a guy to say you know there's guys that have just talked about like how ridiculous it is how how ridiculous they feel like you know it, they just ejaculate uncontrollably and all this stuff And I think it's really good for those guys to say that stuff because nobody's really talking about it in the holistic aspect. They're just like, oh, call this doctor and we'll give you a pill. So for people Mm -hmm. to get on there and then you get all this feedback from guys at various points in the journey, they're like, oh, try this and do this. And it's like, you can heal yourself, you know, it's no biggie.
0: Totally. And dude, with the premature ejaculation thing, I have yet to see – of the, of the guys that I've worked with as clients, anywhere from, you know, a couple occasional calls to ongoing work for a while, I've yet to see a guy who's actually put into practice the things that we talk about and not made a huge difference in their premature ejaculation thing where they've dramatically changed. Like I think for so many guys, the vast majority of guys out there, they don't really realize that there's something they can actually do about it. And as you said, so many people... They want the easy fix. They want to put on a cream, you know, or yeah. take a pill or do whatever it is. And number one, those are not sustainable solutions. Number two, they often don't work. And we have very free, um, easily accessible tools available to us if we'll just use them. And I'm, a, I'm a hundred percent convinced that literally every guy out there can learn to last, if not like indefinitely, you know, then certainly much longer than they are. Like Dude, there's not a guy yeah. out there who's lasting a minute who can't learn to last a half an hour.
1: Dude, I I went through it a little bit when I got out of prison. I hadn't been with a girl in a long time and I think something happened. I spent 3 years away from girls and maybe I was in my head too much or whatever, but I dealt with it when I got out and when we started working through like when you like um line me out on like a program you're like, "Hey, uh do these, try doing these kegels, uh, you know, cold showers. Like we went through a series of things. It was only like three months and I was retaining. I remember I was with a girl. Um, and I remember being with her and being like, um, she's like, when are you going to come? And I said, I'm not going to come. And that was only three weeks after starting like that program. That's how fast it was for me. And I felt super in control and, a lot of it was like, not just the kegels were good and some of the other techniques were good, but a lot of it also was like the way I went in approaching it, like saying I'm not going to come, going slow. There was a bunch of different mm-hmm. things that really helped, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. There's a ton of factors. I mean, there's no question that whether it's, whether it's talking about premature ejaculation or improving erections or whatever it is, th- there's a lot of different factors that af- affect those, no question. It's not like we can do one thing and it's this magic bullet. However, it's not actual magic. It's like th- there's very much a, a science to it in the sense that we can look at these different factors and we can say, okay, do this piece and this piece and this piece and this piece, and you do those consistently and you're gonna be able to change it. It's not like this. I, I think a lot of guys, I mean, they'll go decades with, with n- making no significant difference You know, I mean, I've talked to guys who've been married 20, 30 years and literally have never had sex that's lasted longer than like three minutes or four minutes. Like, it's And it's been every other day for like 30 years, you know, like a lot of guys get in a place where they think that it can't change. Um, It totally can change. So
1: yeah. And even being um, in your head will make it not last as long. It kind of creates the performance failure, you know, so
0: yeah. I mean, ultimately, especially as we talk about the more advanced part of the journey, which is like most of the energetic stuff that we kind of were talking about. Ultimately, we want to move out of our head into the energy. That's where, you know, that's where the best sexual experience happened when our awareness is in the energy itself. hundred percent. So. Yeah, man. Awesome, man. Well, I'm so grateful for you doing this. This has been an awesome conversation. Super excited for all the guys out there to hear this. Um, what do you think? Last thoughts? Anything you want to pass along to the tribe?
1: Um, yeah, man. I, I guess like, uh, I'm just very, uh, I just didn't know I can, I could feel good. And so I just want to say to anyone who's listening to this, that it's all you have to do is just say, I want to do things that make people feel good. And you just look what those are, whether there's diet, exercise, healthy, uh, sexual habits, um, community whatever you know just anyone could feel good and you just have to pursue it whatever you look at that's where you're gonna go so um i just think there's hope for everybody and um, i'm excited to tell you guys like dude as i started learning this like flage and all of this like sticking uh tai chi stuff we're gonna have to hang out one time because i would love to show it to you (laughs) because you would you won't believe it unless you feel it you know so Oh, it's dude, I'm the, excited for that. It's in the works. <laughs>
0: Hell yeah. I would love to do, let's do a follow-up call. Let's have a conversation um, again. I would love to have you back on here. Um, we'll talk about uh, what's happened between now and then and um, get the update if, you, if you're if you down with that. And dude, I'm 100% in agreement of everything you just said, by the way. And I think what, what you just, the message that you just sent out to people for me boils down to one word, which is, at the essence of actually your journey that you've talked about. And I don't think it's a word that we've actually said one time on this call. And that's faith. Like you have faith. You you started to have more faith. You started to have more faith in yourself. You started to have more faith in your body to heal. You started to have more faith in your ability to expand and to find new potentials. And I guess that's what I would, um, the message that I'll leave all of you guys out there with is have faith because it will take you amazing places and, it will open you up to possibilities that you wouldn't think would otherwise be possible. Um, Dude, that's great advice. Faith.
1: Yeah. And it's like, if, if you, there's a saying, if, whether you think you can or you can't, you're probably right. So mm-hmm. if you think something's 100%. not going to work, it probably won't work no matter whether it works or not. Hey, one, one last yeah. thing, Steve, before we go. Yeah. What yeah. do you know what Bruce Lee's favorite drink was?
0: I don't. What was Bruce Lee's favorite drink?
1: Water.
0: <laughs> oh, perfect.
1: Water. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thanks, bro. I love it. All right, man. I love it. Thanks for being you, bro. I appreciate you. Um, I've really been. I'm grateful for the opportunity to to uh, cross paths with you, and I definitely look forward to that uh, first in person meeting. That'll be great, man. There's so many guys out there actually that. Uh, that I'm really looking forward to. That's gonna, that's got to be. Uh, uh, maybe we do. A uh, that's got to be happening. Summer. Yeah, yeah okay. that's got to be happening sooner rather than later. I'm gonna definitely be starting to put together some gatherings and uh, bring together some small groups and. Yeah. Um, so we'll, yeah, that we'll chop I'm wood and, that. and
1: yell at the moon like real man. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah,
0: there, you <laughs> there you go, bro. All right. Well, thanks again for the conversation. Thank you guys for listening. Um, man, I appreciate all of you. So go forth, kick ass, uh, Edry. Thanks again for talking with me bro it's been awesome and um we'll see ya, i don't know see you in inner circle we'll see you sometime the next day or two i'm sure you got it brother thanks man okay much love brother have an awesome day you guys